You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. Call-in Kim tonight. It's a call-in Kim show tonight. Mike Crawford, we're talking about True Leaf tonight. We're probably going to talk about the Cannabis Control Commission, possibly the latest news uh, all over uh, local news anyways, Boston Globe, Mass Live, Statehouse News Service, uh, Mass Cannabis Commission in Chaos. Oh, chaos. Chaos. I can't even say it. Chaos. <laughs> Mass Cannabis Control Commission in Chaos. It's so funny how I can talk normal, but once I go live, my my words just I lose them. So my my trick is to try to just talk normally, like I would in a regular conversation, and I'll be fine. Slow down, Mike. But there's so much going on. But tonight we're going back. We're going back to Lorna McMurray. We're going back to the death of a true leaf worker at Holyoke. Like the saddest thing for the last couple of years for us. It's so frustrating. And why I get so angry about what goes on in the cannabis industry. People celebrating, partying all the time. They don't give a shit. They don't give two shit about these worker issue. More more uh focus on the celebrity aspect in cannabis than the actual workers, even among the supposed community. What you focus on matters, and uh, the lack of focus on actual real shit drives me crazy. I know it's depressing. I know that, uh, believe me, because I want to check out on all this stuff all the time, but I can't. So we're back tonight. We're going to talk about Lorna McMurray. We have a very special guest, somebody who I've been hoping to have on for a very long time now. Somebody that was there the day that Lorna McMurray passed away. Not the day she passed away, the day she collapsed for the final time at True Leaf. It was taken out in the ambulance. She died uh, like a couple days later, but she was there that day. And we're going to bring this guest up, uh, a former, just recently uh, let go, uh, True Leaf worker named Deanna. We're going to bring her up uh, right now in a second, and uh, we're going to talk to her about her experiences at True Leaf. And I just want people to know they can definitely call in tonight, 978-560-3155. I double-checked the phone lines. They should be working. So you can definitely send you know, send uh, your messages tonight, too. Always on instant feedback, too. Where we, you know, we have a, a regular record of posting those comments up, and you know we will. Uh, we already received a few. I'm going to put one up right now because it's a good one. Hashtag Justice Felona. Yeah, lots of hashtags tonight. And also hashtag call in Kim. But let's bring the guest up right now because I, I, I definitely want to just get right to this because this is, uh, we're, we're coming up on two years. And part of, uh, I think, what's going on at the Mass Cannabis Control Commission with the chaos, with the dysfunction, is that the leadership, the executive director, hasn't even talked to the family of Lorna and given them any explanation on what happened to her. They have an open investigation of True Leaf. Sean Collins. I'm going to just name him. Sean Collins, the executive director of the Cannabis Control Commission. He's the head. He's the guy who's done nothing. He's the turtle. I'm calling him the turtle. I know there's a guy called the turtle boy. We're calling Sean Collins the turtle. He, it's, they're totally two different people. Turtle boy is uh, somebody else I don't even want to mention tonight, but... Uh, Good for Turtle Boy. I, I've clashed with Turtle Boy a lot on uh, a lot of issues, some of the things he's gone after my friends for and things like that. But good for Turtle Boy. 
uh, doing some real investigation, I feel like, since I brought his name up. But Sean Collins is the turtle. He, he, he doesn't get anything done. Hide and cover. Hide and cover up the turtle. And uh, Sean Collins needs to go. And, and that's basically, I think, what is going on at the Cannabis Control Commission is that Sean Collins is now trying to cast himself as the victim where he's had an investigation of Lorna McMurray's death going for two years. Even before Lorna passed away, they were investigating True Leaf. Lorna had several, two, two ambulance rides from True Leaf, Holyoke. Still an open investigation. Sean Collins doesn't think it's important to get back to the family of Lorna McMurray and let them know about this investigation. OSHA has not only closed their investigation, OSHA even closed their appeal process. OSHA is not known to be, the federal government is not known to act quickly. And the federal government has not only closed the case, they've closed the appeal process. In Massachusetts, we still we still don't have any news on the death of Lorna McMurray from Sean Collins. Sean Collins, like, Trulief has now been allowed to leave the state. Trulief is going to get out of what they agreed to do with OSHA, which was the NIOSH investigation. And Sean Collins is going to leave his job now. And nothing, is he ever going to drop? There's never going to be anything dropped on what happened with Lorna McMurray. That, that investigation is just going to stay open forever, Sean Collins? Hashtag call in Sean Collins. Hashtag call in the turtle. Let's bring up the guest tonight. Deanna, I'm I'm fired up already. You can tell. I'm just I'm going off at tangents. I'm trying to introduce you, but I'm just I've been wanting to speak a lot on this the last couple of days, but I've just been so busy and tired. And I wanted to do a whole show about Sean Collins, but I just I, I think I got it out a little bit in the intro. What, what do you think about what's going on right now with the can have you been following it with the cannabis control commission and what you know this latest story deanna i've been following some of it i'm actually out of the industry now but i've been following some of it and it strikes me as odd that the, sean brought this up that he wanted to that he was going to uh, leave at the end of the year and yet there was no announcement to anybody it was a surprise to everybody and he hasn't even announced it himself Oh my God, that's so classic. That's why we call him the turtle. We're wondering if it's going to take him two years to resign now. Well, like, and then this he is how bad this is that he he is so incompetent and so lazy and so lack of any drive that someone else had to bring it up from the commission because Sean Collins couldn't actually have the friggin' sack. Yep. It's so true. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad somebody else noticed that too. Yeah, it's it's odd to me that they're they're saying they're struggling, they're in chaos, and yet he hasn't even announced that he's leaving, and he wants what a ten week vacation before he leaves, because he's been so busy and he needs a vacation. It's ridiculous. Right. And now he's going to be the victim. You yeah. are. I'm, this is what's coming now. He's there's going to be all kinds of leaks now against. I'm guaranteed against O'Brien actually. Like yep. I, I am convinced that there, there are. This is either Sean Collins or or uh, Shannon O'Brien is out, and and uh, it better be Sean Collins because well, uh, Shannon O'Brien is an adult in the room, in my opinion, compared to the rest of these bozos by far. Yeah, and but it I seems wouldn't. like it seems like she's kind of, um, 
you know, moving that, moving that forward. Um, because she's the one that's, you know, making these different announcements or these different releases about how, um, you know, it's, they're in turmoil, they're in chaos, trying to figure out their chief people officer. How about you focus on the people that you've already wronged before you start focusing on future wrongs? Yeah. It's even at the, past cannabis control like the first time they ever brought up Lorna's name at a cannabis control commission basically meeting was after we started going nuts and we started a petition we were on a roll like we we had all those shows with Lorna's mom and Lorna's stepdad and, and Danny and it just came one after another after another friends and family calling in and we were breaking news left and right on it and they had to respond to it the Boston Globe started asking them about it all the national media and and then they basically, you know, it was Shannon O'Brien. You could see it at the meeting at the, the that Shannon O'Brien was actually making Sean Collins for the first time do his friggin' job and answer for some of these issues. The not just the Lorna stuff too, like other things as well that have come up. And you could tell Sean Collins did not enjoy it. And it's like to me. Like if, if Sean Collins had a brain and then even these other commissioners had a brain, they would realize that Shannon O'Brien has been keeping myself and a lot of the community from going crazy on you guys. If she hadn't done that, I would, we, we would have kept going. Like we, it, it actually took the steam out of us in a way because we're like, you know what? We're going to let Shannon O'Brien try to fix this. Like we're going to let Shannon O'Brien try to do her magic. Yeah. You know, we're going to let Shannon and Shannon O'Brien too. Like, I know that she didn't want me attacking the commissioners, the other commissioners, but at the same time, it seems like they stab her in the back every chance they get. Like they, they, they created a controversy from the beginning with her that to me was a complete bullshit about, you know, that she had resigned. She had given up her ownership of these two companies. One, I think she was consulting for the other one. She had a small ownership. She gave it all up. She resigned. And then she took the job with the Cannabis Control Commission. And because the company didn't file the proper paperwork with the Cannabis Control Commission, they were trying to hold it against Shannon O'Brien to make it a scandal for her. And it's yeah. like, no, no, Shannon O'Brien doesn't control the company after she leaves the company. Like that is like, this is like basic shit. If a guy like me can figure that out, these smart commissioners, some of them are actually questioning their intelligence actually. And I also question the intelligence of this community to fall for that bullshit. Cause I see it repeated and the reporters too. It's like, do your friggin' job and look into this. This is the, the this was a political hit job. The people it, that put that up at the Cannabis Control Commission were mad that Shannon O'Brien was that she got the chair position. They were not happy about it. They wanted a black woman. I get it. I, I you know, I feel you. More diversity. But Shannon O'Brien got that position and they wanted to hold it against her. And especially because of who she was. And I also feel like now knowing more. I also feel like they were worried that there was an adult in the room. There was yeah. somebody that had more power, more connections, more experience. She's not a pushover. She knows how the system runs. She knows how to, she knows what levers to push. And you can see at this point that she's been, they've been, I think that they've been pushing her around and she just showed, she threw down that she's not going to take any shit anymore. And I, and I, I applaud, uh, you know, I got to say too, obviously people know, She's been on the show. I talked to her. You know, I do talk to her. None of the other commissioners call. 
None of the other executive, no, nobody calls from the Cannabis Control Commission except Shannon O'Brien. So, I mean, th I think that's a good reason why I obviously am going to have her back on this too, because she's responsive at least a little bit. I think that people, sh you know, want to expect more from her right now. Um, but I don't think it's possible. I, I think that she's a realist. I think she knows what she's up against. And uh, I think that this is going to be a battle. And I think that Sean Collins needs to go. And if he doesn't resign, I'm, I'm saying this right now. If this guy doesn't resign in the next couple of weeks, I'll give you two weeks to, to write your resignation letter, Sean Collins. We're coming. We're going to protest your ass. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be at your house. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, I don't know, at your office. We're going to do something. Because we're not going to take this shit anymore. We're not taking your shit anymore, Sean Collins. We're done. And we're going to do a petition. We're going to do press. We're going to continue to like, we want you out. You need to go. It's time. And, and you know, the least you could do is complete the investigation and just release what you have on it of Lorna McMurray. Because we know there's nothing being done. Nobody's being called anymore. There's nothing being done on it. Release what you have and get off, you know, stop hiding. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to go back real quick to your opener where you were talking about people partying and this and that. And they, and I wanted to say, you know, they bring these stars in, these superstars and they're like, they, they try to, you know, give you like all these uh, shiny things. Oh, look, shiny things. And they don't call attention to the real things they, they want to give you, uh, you know, this whole facade that, oh, cannabis is this big old, you know, party and, and whatever. But, and then they expect you to just not pay attention to the other stuff that is so important. And, and there's some people that, that do that. They don't pay attention to the, and they're banking on those people not paying attention to the real issues. Because I think it's hilarious too. I want to tell you a little story too about Wiz Khalifa. He came in this weekend into Boston, apparently. Yep. And uh, with Cresco, they had a, a free VIP party. It's so funny because for me, I used to get invited to all that shit for years, and I just stopped going. I was like, I'm not going to any of this shit. I'm not going to any parties. Nothing. No, I'm not. If you have a party that's not for a good cause, I'm not going. Like, there's no reason for me to be there unless you're paying me. And contributing to this show to build this brand that we're doing, I'm not going to be there. And so I never go to anything. I don't care if it's at, you know, this park or whatever it is. Jimmy Buffett's there, you know, <laughs> even little Steven. Like that was the one I actually wanted to go to. <laughs> I missed that. I got invited to that to meet little Steven, but I was busy. Like that one I would have actually gone to because I because yeah. he's an activist. The guy's amazing. But um, you know, so many of the shit. And so I, I now I don't get invited to that shit because I just don't, you know, obviously if someone says no over and over and over again, you just give up on them. Right. But um, so Wiz Khalifa comes in this weekend for a Cresco VIP event and they're searching people at the door, telling them that they can't bring their cannabis products in. Oh, my God. And making them throw them away. I mean, that that's the kind of industry community we have right now. It's such and a joke. Made, and then inside they had Cresco products. And I didn't even think they were selling them. They were giving them to So it was like, you can't bring in your outside product. You only can have our crap Cresco. Like that yeah. was the vibe. Yeah. Like that's, that's how they treat people. Like guests. I can't imagine bringing a guest. 
and and this isn't like in 1989, like when we used to do events, you know, back in the day when we couldn't help it. The cop, you know, if anytime I did a cannabis event back in the you know late 90s, early 2000s, you know, the security was over the top. Like a lot of venues that we did fundraisers at, cops would show up. Like even for freedom rallies, the cops always used to harass our attendees. Like yeah. we couldn't control that. You know, we tried to. We'd always try to have some influence on. It. But this is this is a private event where it's okay now, no issues, and the company has decided that this is the way that they treat their guests. It just it just kind of just when I heard that this weekend, I just had a little chuckle, and I was just like, well, the party people are, uh, you know, it's just like you get what you deserve, you know, you yeah. get what you deserve. So I hope you enjoyed that when you went to the Wiz Khalifa Cresco party this weekend. But let's talk about you. Because the reason we have you here isn't even about Sean Collins or Wiz Khalifa or Snoop Dogg or any of this other shit. We're, I want to talk about you, who you are. You worked at True Leaf Holy Oak for how long? Tell us uh, about that. Tell us I how long you there, worked there and what you did. I worked there for about two years. And I was um, I was basically a dispatcher and a, a fleet manager, if you will. I maintained all the vehicles and... Um, but before our vehicles, and these are the few things that are, you know, not few things, but things that I really wanted to focus on when um, when we talked about me coming on the show um, was that before our vehicles were on the road, I worked inside the building and I worked in production and I worked with Lorna in production. Um when Lorna started out, and I know you've had Danny on the show, when Lorna started out, she was actually in cycle counting. Um, but it was not something that she really, you know, enjoyed. And she, they needed help down in production. And so she went down into production and we worked side by side. I worked side by side with Lorna. I was there when she was, you know, having her struggles and, and, and so the few things that I really want to focus on about that OSHA investigation and the different things that they said about what they did at True Leave, it was all bullshit. I'll tell you that right, right up front. So the few things I want to focus on is they said that they want, they gave PPE to people. And with Lorna's having had her um, allergic reactions to the Keef dust, um, which by the way, I'll point out that the reason that it was so strong in there was because they had us in the pre, what they call the pre-roll room, which was a room that was about maybe 20 feet long by 10 feet wide. And it had a big metal table. We all sat at the table and made pre-rolls. And the grinder was in that room. The, and it was a huge grinder and it had a huge filter on it. And when you would grind up a batch, all of that stuff would stick to the filter. And you would have to take a paint scraper to scrape it off and clean it. And per CCC, you have to isolate each batch. So they'd grind up one batch, we'd finish it, and then they'd have to grind another one. Well, they would have to isolate those batches. So every time the grinder would need to be cleaned. Well, that was very difficult. It was cumbersome. Uh, you had to go across the hall to clean it and it was big. And so, and it was loud for some reason, it was louder with the filter on than it was without. 
So they ran the filter with, uh, they ran the grinder without the filter. Mm. <laughs> yep. And the leads knew about it. They purposely did it. And I can tell you verbatim, there was a lead there. Her name was Danielle. And she said, it is so much. It's so hard to clean. And they didn't clean it. They didn't, they didn't run it. So they didn't have to clean it with the filter on it. So when OSHA came and said they tested all the air quality, they didn't go into that room. They didn't go into that room when the grinder was running. They didn't go into that room when there were eight of us at that table, all putting pre-rolls together with the keef everywhere. We had it in our, in our, uh, our uh, trim bins. We had the keef in our trim bins and we would put it in the pre-rolls. They made the, and they shipped, they did the shaker, pre-roll shaker. So they're shaking even more dust in there. And I know OSHA didn't walk through there with those same parameters in place and then say, oh, this is your air quality. They didn't do that. They just walked around the building uh, in the hallways, not in, they didn't replicate the issue that Lorna was having. So, so you, you saw OSHA actually come in? I didn't see OSHA come in, but their report says that they tested the air quality and it was fine. Right. But I know for a fact they didn't test the air quality in that situation that we were in. And then they like to say, oh, we provide everybody with PPP, PPE. Well, that was just that blue paper mask with the little elastics that go over your ears. That's not a fine particulate mask. In order to keep Lorna safe for the situation that they saw her in, they needed to give her a, a, a rebreather or a, you know, a filtration, fine particulate filtration, but she didn't like to have the mask on. So Dwayne, the, the uh, supervisor, let her wear a bandana tied around her head that was over her nose and hung down like pointed. And that was it because she didn't want the mask on her face because she felt like it made her have more, you know, breathing issues, which of course it did because they provided the cheap uh, paper masks and everything would collect inside that mask and then sit there and she's breathing it in and out. And listen, I mean, so when you say they provide her masks, that's all they did was the paper mask. They never gave yeah. her like a real, real. Yeah. They were in the hallway. They were in the hallway in a plastic bin and you'd grab one and just put it on. And, you know, most people had it under their nose, like a chin diaper. And, but yeah, she, and she, she had that bandana on after her first trip to the hospital. Were you there for the first trip to the hospital? You weren't there, right? On that I one. wasn't there for the first trip to the hospital. No. So tell us about that. Like what, you know, that, you know, from, cause you were working there at the time. I'm sure you heard about it. Um, yeah. and what happened after, tell us about that one. Lorna went to the hospital the first time by ambulance. Yeah. And what, when was this? This was what December, I believe. Uh, or was it November? Yeah. yeah, it was December because we, that's when we got our, I think the first of the, the beginning of the years when we got our, our vans on the road back. Yeah. Almost two years. Yep. So it was December and November, I think, um, before, I don't Christmas. know. That's right. Cause after, after she collapsed, they gave her a cannabis flower for Christmas after she collapsed from breathing. Issue. Yeah. Yep. Not um, edibles. They gave her flour. I mean, that's a real <laughs> smart company there. Like really yeah. brilliant move on that one. So I'm sorry to interrupt you. So no, tell us about right. that. Tell us, 
tell us about the first time Luana collapsed and what happened after, you know, afterwards and all that. So I don't, I wasn't there for the, for the collapses. I was there when Lorna was having trouble and you could hear the, just the, the barking cough. And, you know, it was during the whole COVID thing. She's had a few, she had a few COVID tests. They were all negative. And it was just, it was amazing to me that they let, after the first attack, they let her come back. How quickly? Just within a matter of a few days, maybe a week, just to, you know, to get over whatever. Did she have this cough before the first collapse or just after? After. I never, I never heard her cough and her and those issues gradually increased when I was there. Because when I first started working with her, it wasn't like that. It was, and, but it was also at the, at around COVID. So we were, everybody was like, oh, people are always coughing, but she would get COVID tests and they were negative. But, you know, I don't, I'm not going to pry into her life and ask her what's going on with her, but she, you know, she did, she had negative tests and the, and she continued to have issues, breathing issues. And I mean, I saw the early signs of it. You know, I wasn't there for for the uh, ambulance trips and that, but I was there on the last day. Let's before we get there. Let's let's talk about. Um, so after the first collapse, I'm sure people were talking about it at work, and she was taken out by ambulance, and then she comes back. What did people say? What did management say? What did your coworkers say? What did your supervisors say about the situation? Yeah, so it was all hush hush. Nobody really said anything. Um, coworkers said stuff, um, but it wasn't all, it wasn't always good stuff. Um, I'll say, I'll say this, that I feel like Lorna was kind of the underdog there. And, um, I don't think that she got the, um, attention that she needed from, from the situation, what the situation was. Um, I feel like, you know, they should have told her, they should have said, listen, you know, it, it, you're having, you know, such a bad experience here. I'm sorry, you can't work in this area anymore. We need to keep you safe. And they knew what was happening. I mean, she went to the hospital for breathing issues after having worked in an environment that is, you know, that is beginning to show that there's effects from the cannabis dust and the keef and things like that. We're starting to see those things happening. And after the first collapse, you would think that they would want to keep her safe as well as themselves and, and not let her go back, but they let her go back. And, and they never told you guys anything about it. The, the management. No. They, like what about, um, okay. So, so we're not sure. I, I'm wondering if you might know, but it seems like the CCC investigation started with her collapse or, or shortly before that. Um, but we don't know. They still haven't told us. Were you aware of an investigation either from OSHA or CCC at that point at all? Not from the CCC. Um, but I knew I am, I'm aware of other issues that had the CCC there as well as OSHA. Um, prior to, you know, the whole situation with Lorna. Um, cause there were, there were issues with the product. There was issues with mold and 
powdery mildew. Um, and so they had the CCC there at that time uh, doing an inspection. They had plants that didn't have tags. They had tags that didn't have plants. Um, and my background is in um, HVAC and, and they had ductwork above the blooming plants that didn't, that wasn't insulated and it would drip onto the plants. You could literally see the drips dripping down onto the plants from a, from an element that has all sorts of microbials coming in and, and metals and this all dripped down on the plants. And they had the uh, CCC and they're inspecting it because of that. And while also inspecting because they had tags that didn't have plants and plants that didn't have tags. Hmm. A lot of them. That's interesting because I've been hearing a lot of a, a lot of metric shenanigans going on. So that's very interesting that they were playing with the metric uh, situation, didn't have tags for plants and things like that. And CCC didn't do anything. Not surprised. Again, this is uh, so how did you know that they were investigating these things? Did you see them? Did management say something? How did you know? Um, I saw them. And then I also saw, um, I also talked to staff who were, you know, coworkers who were like, yeah, the CCC's here. They're upstairs. They're, they literally were wanting them to count plants. They had that metric system with the, with the little like gun that you would, you know, that you would count, you would go through the room and you would count the tags with the little, metric laser gun, whatever it was, it yep. hardly ever worked. It hardly ever worked. They were sending us in there to actually physically count plants. And it's just crazy that you need people to go in to count plants because your cultivation team is not keeping track of plants. Sounds it like a was, great, great, great company. <laughs> yeah. Talking about True Leaf tonight, oh, True Leaf Holyoke, Deanna was a True Leaf Holyoke employee for over two years, worked with Lorna McMurray. Um, this is the part where I, I want to get into what you had mentioned earlier. Uh, when Lorna died, you you were there working at Trulief the day that she was taken out on the final ambulance ride that ended up uh, in Lorna's death. Tell us about that day and what you saw. <clears throat> so, as you know, um, or well, probably know, as time progressed, True Leave started finding that they were spending a lot of money. So they started downsizing on, you know, people. But what they started downsizing on was security. So they had security in the lot. But at that time, they had downsized. They didn't have security in the lot. They had security inside the building. So when they called, so Lorna was struggling, having trouble, um, and when they called for emergency services, there was nobody out there to direct them. So they had no idea what door they were going to. Finally, they got to a door, but there wasn't security there to make the decision to let them in. The issue is anybody that comes into the building from the street that needs to do something in the building that is not a worker must suit up in a Tyvek suit. So there was nobody there to make the decision to allow emergency services workers in, in their street gear to the facility to get to Lorna. Oh. Nobody had the authority to make the decision to let them in. So they waited 
before they finally got in to see her, to take care of her. And from the time that they, that the call was made because she collapsed from the time the call was made until the time that she got treatment was 13 minutes. So for seven minutes, she had no, no activity, no breathing activity. And there was no CPR that was performed on her. Nobody was trained in CPR. There was no CPR that was performed on her in that time frame. When she left that building that day, she was gray. And I knew she wasn't coming back. Did you, so I could ask, like, how do you know all of this? Like in terms of you, were you like in terms of the timing? I was there. No one was out in the parking lot. Like, how, how would you know that? Were you, I was the there. Park? No, I was there. And I knew that we had no more security in the lot. And they said, emergency services said, we don't know where we're going. And then when they were in the hallway, it was a frantic race to get somebody to give them permission to come in without suiting up in Tyvek gear. So you were there trying to get her, get them in or were you on the phones? Like what, where were you in the building at that point? I was in the hallway. I was in the hallway where they needed to come into. So, so I was there trying to get them in basically. Yeah. I heard what was going on about them trying to get permission to get them in, in their street gear because you're not, you know, they don't want contamination. So they didn't want them to come in in their street gear. Can you imagine the time it would take for them to suit up in a Tyvek suit? It'd have been even longer. To, to protect moldy plants. Yeah. Over your worker who's dying on the floor. Yep. Um, we've had a lot of comments come in and um, one of them was Lona's family wants to know if they actually did CPR on her. And you just answered that question. Like we've all. Nobody was trained that. to do CPR. Nobody did it. And the company said that they did do CPR. Yeah. So the company lied. And it was a frantic dash. They have another, they had another facility in South Hadley, their warehouse, and they had a huge conference room. And after that, it was a frantic dash. They had tons of people in the, in the um, conference room learning CPR. There must've been three sessions of people learning CPR directly after Lorna passed or directly after she was taken out. 15 to 20 people, like three sessions in a row of people learning CPR. It was, that, and that was directly after she died. Directly not, after. Yeah. Not, not before. Not so. And so when you know that there was no CPR done, and I'm sure a lot of employees there that were there that day didn't do, you know, were aware that there was no CPR were people talking about it at work and like, you know, what was the reaction? What was your reaction? And do you know what your coworkers reaction was when it was later, you know, truly saying, yes, there was CPR done. It, clearly they were not telling the truth. What did you think about that? So a lot of people talked about it and, and the consensus was that they weren't, prepared for it. They didn't know how to do CPR. They also did not have a protocol in place about how to do something. Um, they didn't have any 
like, you know, emergency gear in the room, like, a, you know, the thing you put over the mouth to breathe into, you know, they had nothing. They had no no sign on the wall that says this is how you do CPR. I mean, even rudimentary stuff to to try and keep movement in, you know, th- blood flow movement through her body. You know, even rudimentary stuff, nobody knew how to do it and they were afraid. They didn't know. Nobody took the initiative to start doing it. Um, and it was just a, it was a chaotic situation and there was nobody that really took ownership of the situation and said, this is what we need to do. You call this, I'm going to start even chest compressions. Just nobody was prepared for it. And, and staff basically were kind of like, well, it wasn't my, you know, it wasn't my job. I didn't know how to do it. Or I, you know, it was always the, oh, well, it, I, it, I, I didn't, I, you know, and that's what it was for everybody. Nobody pinpointed any situation and said, this is what I saw. They were all protecting themselves and protecting their jobs. And, and of course, truly was like, you know, you don't speak about anything. You know, we don't talk about this. We don't like, you can still, I can still talk to people about it and they, and they're, they said, you know, they don't say anything. They just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, and they don't like, I'm talking leadership. Like nobody talk about it. Nobody. It's unbelievable. But I mean, it's, this is what happened and they lied about it, which is just horrible. Let me ask you this. Did anyone from OSHA or the cannabis control commission ever reach out and speak to you? Do you, or do you know if they ever spoke to any employees that were there or that had any information on this? Like how serious do you think that they are on these investigations? Do they actually talk to you guys and find out the info like we do? Yeah, I, I, I would say no, no, I haven't had specific conversations with people, but what I experienced from the people that would, that were in that room at that time, I can tell you that they would not, the only people in that room that would probably have had to speak to OSHA would have been Dwayne, who had, who was the post-harvest supervisor and potentially the guy underneath him, who was Lorenzo. And those would be the really the only people that I think True Leave would allow um, to talk to the CCC or OSHA because they wouldn't want anybody else to misspeak on something and you know put them in the limelight shouldn't it be even up to true leaf yeah you know, exactly OSHA had any balls and, and ccc had any, it wouldn't be up to them exactly they would want to talk to the people that were involved in the situation hands-on i was once involved in an employment situation with uh wage theft the feds came in one day obama brought in the feds that's when i became obama guy i was like wow because no presidents were doing this until Obama. And when Trump came off in office, the wage theft stuff stopped, like in terms of enforcement and actually going into the employer. And when the feds came in that day at our at our work meeting, that company had no choice in who was speaking to the feds. The feds came in and said, Who wants to speak to us? You can raise your hand here or you know, you can talk to us outside, but they they don't control this. I raised my hand. I didn't care. I was on the way out. We got paid like, so like, it's, it's just shocking that it's, it's up to true leaf to, to, to kind of pick and choose who gets to speak to the feds and who gets to speak to the CCC. Like, I, I feel like that we've done more of an investigation 
myself, I'm a, I'm a full-time dog walker. Like I'm doing this like nights, part-time afternoons. And I feel yeah. like we've done more on this than the cannabis, more investigation of what happened to Lorna McMurray than people be being paid like a lot of money to do this full-time to investigate. Like you've, is, do you feel like that's accurate? Yes, I would agree. I feel like there was no follow through on, on what happened with Lorna. There was a, a huge scramble afterwards, you know, getting, getting people certified in CPR and putting together a protocol for security. When somebody, when an emergency service uh, personnel need to enter the building, they get, you know, straight through the doors. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. Doesn't matter where they have to go. You have to let them in. And that, and that SOP was like developed immediately. And, um, but yeah, no, nobody, nobody talked about it. It's amazing. The environment, there's a difference between not talking about it because you know, you don't know what happened or not talking about it because, um, you know, you're nervous about talking about it. There's a difference between talking, not talking about it because you don't know anything about it and not talking about it because you're afraid you're going to get in trouble. You're afraid you're going to get, you're going to get, you know, repercussions. Let's take this call. This is an important call. We have, um, Lorna's mom, I think, trying to call in right now and get her up. Oh, man, it's not working again. Damn it. Mm, it's so weird. It shows on my phone, but the system isn't working. Uh, I'm going to try this again, Laura. I'm going to hang up on her and uh, let me do some magic. I want you to uh, continue to just tell us before, you know, I try to get this phone system working. I don't know why it doesn't work. It drives me crazy when it doesn't. But um, I just want to, like, after this all happened with Lorna, they're doing CPR. Did the company bring in it? Did, did they change anything else besides the CPR? Did they give you any extra protection? Did anything else change beyond they gave everyone CPR training after you left, after uh, Lorna passed away? No, nothing changed. They still have those paper blue masks that are, you know, just like tissue almost. They still had that. Uh, there was nothing that changed in the in the production room. They did move the pre-roll people out of that small room. Sorry about that. Keep going. But there were there were um, you know still a few people in that room, but they didn't pack the people in like they did before. Um, and my, I don't know. I assume they started. Um, you know, saying to everybody, oh, you've got to put the filter on, you've got to put the filter on. But in my experience, that didn't change. I worked in there only a few more times after um, after Lorna was in there. And um, it didn't change. It was still, I mean, I would leave with a sore throat, you know, at the end of the day. And some of their stuff was just so, so, I don't know, it you could smell it in it. You could smell it in it. It was just so sour. Mm. You know, it's, it smelled. I think we have her on the phone now. Yes. Hey, Laura, I got the phones working. Hello. How you doing? Hello, Mike. Uh, not easy. This is not easy. Can oh. you hear me? Yes, we can. All right. 
this is unbelievable. I can't believe that at this day and age, nobody knows CPR. Everybody just stood there and watched my baby die. I knew that's what was happening. That just confirmed what I already knew. Or otherwise, she wouldn't be dead. That's why she's dead, because everybody let her lay there and die. Uh, let me ask you this, Laura. Uh, Is, I know that we've talked in the past about a lawsuit. Is that still progressing? Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, it is. And all this is going to come into play now. Deanna, you'll you're definitely support it. Be a, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You got a new, uh, I'm, you, not, I'm not trained in CPR, but I know how to get on top of somebody and keep their keep their their life going. Exactly. Exactly. You, exactly. Right done something. you got a new witness. So, yeah, I want her as a witness on what happened that day. So I, I don't know. I'd like to know. I'd like to know if my lawyers from Boston have talked to her. I haven't talked to anybody. Well, I, I need your name. My lawyers will get and interview you. Absolutely. This is a very big I will forward uh, after the show tonight. I will forward Deanna's phone number for you. Yes. Yes, please. Thank Absolutely. you. I'm going to have a, a conference call this week with my lawyers. So I want I want to bring this all up to them. Is there any idea when this thing might come to trial or or have they tried to even offer a settlement? Any any news? On no, that? no. They, they, they're they still got all investigators. Supposedly all kinds of investigators still getting everything together and all the information before they file the actual lawsuit. It's funny because from what Danny told me and others have told me that he feels like that your investigators have done more investigation than the CCC and OSHA combined. Do you, do you yes. feel like that, Laura? Yes, that's what they've said. Yes. Oh. I'm sorry you had to hear it here, but um. Yeah. Yes, that's what they've said. Yes. Thank you for calling. I, I already, in. I already knew that's what happened. I already knew that's what's happened because she wouldn't have been dead. She, she wouldn't have been dead. <laughs> she wouldn't have been brain dead. Thank you for calling, Laura. Anything else you want to you want to share with the community tonight on this on this topic? No, it's just sickening that I lost my whole world. I lost my only child, and it didn't have to happen if somebody would have just jumped into action. And nobody did. Everybody just stood there and watched her die. And that Laura, must be something to live with. That must be something to live with to just sit there and watch somebody die and not not do nothing. And I, Laura, I want you to know, I know it was a, an extremely traumatic time, but I was at the service for Lorna with Danny and I worked side by side with Lorna for days yeah. in a row. And I want you to know that she was a good kid. She I was, know a she, was. she was a very good kid. She was, she was a, a very good kid. She was my only kid. And she was really, she was really trying to, uh, to really do a good job for them. I mean, you could just, and the thing of it was, is that, you know, from a business perspective, they could have protected her by removing her from yeah. that job. She could have done yeah, something exactly. else. She could have done something else in there. They could have offered her something else. Uh, the company could have, let's say they could have been selfish as can be. They could have protected themselves by moving her out of that situation. But they didn't. Right. They didn't protect themselves. They didn't protect her. They didn't care. Right. They didn't care to protect her. 
No. And then they and then OSHA monetized her life by saying, "Oh, this is the fine." And not only on top of that did they monetize her life, but then they said it wasn't quite worth that fine, and they and and truly fought it and reduced it. Yes, I know. I was very upset over that. I don't trust OSHA as far as I can throw them. Exactly. That was horrible. The CCC. And what? I may be bringing them into the lawsuit too, the CCC and OSHA. What do you think about us protesting to get rid of this executive director who won't re re release the uh, investigation or close it? Yes, I'm I'm very much for it. I'll be right there. Awesome. Very much. Thank you, Laura, for calling in. I know this is really hard for you. I know I can't even deal with this. I'm like, I'm almost like crying here just having to do, do this with you on the phone. I just... Yeah. Horrible. I just don't know. I don't even know where to put this. Thank you for calling. Yes, thank you. Thank you for all of this, Mike. And thank you for standing thank up for work. So it, it's making a difference. I feel like more places have CPR now. So, you know, there, there yeah. has been some changes. So I, I would hopefully just maybe that's the only positive out of this, Laura. Well. And thank you so much, Deanna, for, for standing up and, and speaking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lorna deserves that. Lorna deserves yep. to be, her death deserves to be heard. Oh, yes, it does. Because it didn't have to happen. They could have, yeah, the, first time, from the first time she had her issue and collapsed and went to the hospital, they could have done something. They had an opportunity. Yeah, that, was there. A, that was actually November 9th when she went to the hospital yeah. the yep. first time. It was November 9th. So they had an opportunity to do something there. Then she collapsed again. They had another opportunity to do something. They did right. nothing. They did nothing no. to protect her. It's completely sickening. It's just sickening. Thank you for calling, Laura. We will talk soon. Uh, I will definitely send uh, that info I to can, you tonight. Yeah, send that info to me, and I'll be watching for it. Thank you so much, and both of you take care. You, you take care, Laura. Thank you very much. Man, it's always hard to take those calls. Just that's Laura. It is, and, I know and like it's hard you, for her. Yeah, but. and like you said, you said talking about it, you're almost in tears. Me too. And the, and the thing of it is, is that she was such a good kid, you know, and she loved her job. She loved her job and she trusted them. She trusted true leave that they, you know, it's that, it's that mentality of like, Oh, my, my, my supervisor's looking out for me. You feel like your job is looking out for you and you feel like, well, you know, if it's okay for, for me to go back in that room, I'm going to go back and do my job. Meanwhile, they never, they never stepped up with the two opportunities that they had to say, you can't keep doing this. You can't work in this department. And that would have broken her heart, but it would have saved her life. The first, I don't understand. I don't understand as a, as a previous business owner, that their their first decision wasn't to remove her from that situation. I, I don't get it. And they, and I know Lorna 
you know, she loved her job and she wanted to do her job. And I feel like there was, there was ambiguity about what she was experiencing in that department. I don't think they ever said to her, this is what we think is happening, that you're having an allergic reaction to all of this Keef dust in this production room. And by production room, as I said, it's like 10 feet wide by 20 feet long. And it had like eight people in it at any given time. And it had the grinder in it. And it had the the shaker, pre-roll shaker deck in it. So that was shaking, you know, dust and they, into and the they air. The screw, they took out the screen, which is yeah, maybe even more dangerous. Filter, so it went right into time. the air. That just, it's. And not only that, but they, but they were running every single time they ran that grinder up until that day, they ran it without the filter. Yeah. It's so funny too, because I get so much grief from uh, these MSO investors on Twitter, especially it's even YouTube too. Now they're all commenting a lot and they say, I hate true leaf and I have an issue with true leaf. It's like, no dudes, I'm giving you the heads up. Your stock is at $4 right now. What do you think it will be? MSO dudes, what do you think that stock's going to be the day that the verdict comes down? Because that verdict is coming. I'm, I'm telling you right now, you heard Laura's. Laura has a serious, like an ultra serious law firm. They've done way more investigation than I have. They've done more investigation than CCC. They've done more investigation than OSHA. This law firm is going to prove what we've discussed tonight. This, this is the reality. There is a lot of liability on truly. No CPR, took out the events, took out the safety precautions, let her go back in. Didn't, did, you know, let me ask you this too, um, Deanna. And let me just say to the MSO bros before I go back to Deanna, what do you think the stock price will be? If that comes down, I think that your stock price is going to zero from $4 to zero. That's what your future is with True Leaf. So you should be thanking me. For warning you, not not getting mad at me because I deliver the news that you don't want to hear. I hate flat earthers. I hate people who deny reality. We're about reality here. And there's a lot of liability coming to True Leaf. And I would not doubt if this is not the only case. There are other, I, I know for a fact, West Virginia, there's going to be a major lawsuit there. A woman that will, has not come on the air. Some people haven't died. But they've had serious, serious, tragic, you know, injuries at truly very similar situations. This is happening a lot. So your company is screwed. So worry about worry about your stock going to zero uh, based on lawsuits that none of your your, you know, rah-rah stock pumper dudes will talk about. We're talking about reality here. Let me ask you this. Go back to Deanna. Deanna. Um, did you speak to Lorna like after the collapse, you know, when she was coughing, like she felt like they were protecting her. What, like, did you bring this up? Did you feel like, like, you know, was there any discussion going on? Like what, what was that? I didn't, I didn't specifically have the conversation with her about, about um, her, you know, what trouble she was going through with breathing and stuff. But I would always tell her, you know, you, if you need to, you know, step out to make sure that you, you know, you're safe, then you need to step out. You can't, you just tell them, I need a minute, you know, go to the ladies room or whatever. And, and, you know, some water or anything. I mean, I didn't know what her situation was, but it would continue to grow. And then she would have trouble. 
and she would have to leave. She would have to go home, you know, because she was so feeling so sick, feeling so having so much trouble. And I remember her calling her mom and going home. And I just, I don't think she really tied it together. I don't necessarily think we tied it together until after the first time, then people that were, you know, working with her and in the vicinity would say that, you know, you, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be in here. And not for nothing, like she loved to fill the pre-rolls. I mean, that was her gig. That was her jam. And she would, you know, all day long and she'd put out some numbers, you know. Um, and I just think that she just didn't understand. I don't think that right. they helped her to understand. I don't think that they talked to her at all. I don't think that they said anything like, you know, you're experiencing this because of the environment you're working in and we need to move you. Like they didn't have any conversations or any, and they didn't even put any SOPs into place when she had her first collapse and right. they didn't put any into place when she had her second. Think about that. Someone collapse almost dies on the job. They bring back, but they don't even train anyone in CPR. We are getting a lot of comments. I'm going to post some of these comments up. Um, just feedback tonight too. A lot of people are thanking you, Deanna, for doing what you're doing. So thank I, I want to thank you too. I think this is great what you're doing tonight. Uh, Facebook user says, I thank you so much for speaking about this as one of her best friends. This breaks my heart to hear, but it needs to be known because no one believes what we're saying. So uh, again, thank you, Deanna. And uh, her friends are saying this too, Lona's friends. Um, another Facebook user, I think this is uh, Laura who called in earlier, said it was November 9th she collapsed the first time. Yep. And they let her right back on the job to to collapse again in January and die. That was when she 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 collapsed the second time in January, right? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, think I think so. Wasn't it June? Yes, it yes, it was in the beginning, I think, in the beginning of January. Like we're within the first exactly. few days. First few first week, I believe, right yeah. after you know, Christmas and New Year's. Facebook user said she had never had that cough like that before. I think that's also a friend or family. That's uh, Laura true. Raymond is on Facebook. She said, this is Lorna's mother. And it was November 9th when she was first taken out by ambulance. Um, and it's so true. Like, I'm so glad you said that too. In the, in the comment too, because that was another truly fly. They said that she had pre-existing conditions. She didn't have that cough until she started working at truly. Right. Yeah. I, I watched it progress watched it further and further in real time. Yeah. I was, I sat right beside of her. Brenda from uh, Mascosh, uh, she may want to speak to you after this too. She's great. She's organizing with Danny, a bunch of workers. Uh, they do great work, Mascosh. And Brenda writes, great interview. Thanks, uh, Deanna, for sharing. Uh, another Facebook uh, uh, user had commented in Lorna's family wants to know if they actually did CPR on her. We, we answered that, and uh, no CPR was done. They lied. Nobody was trained for CPR. Nobody knew how to do it. Nobody took it upon themselves to even try to attempt it. Another Facebook user says, oh, my effing God, are you effing kidding me? And I, you know what? I, I'm not like I don't love the effing all the time, but in this one, it's very appropriate. So good for you for using the effing correctly. <laughs> she was already dead. What the actual F truly effing killed my sister cousin. Oh, I know who this is. This is uh. Alicia, Nicole, 
is writing because they made it out of uh, made cuts on security. I want them to all to burn. The family <laughs> is mad, and I don't blame them. They're yeah. hearing stuff tonight for the first time. Things that they 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 knew this, but now you're 100 confirming it, and it's just it's disgusting that they had to find out from us, from from you and this show, and not from OSHA, not from the CCC, or covering up. And certainly not from Trulief. None of them told the truth. None of them have really revealed this information. They found out through us, uh, you know, basically two years later. Uh, yep. They lied. They certainly did lie. They've been yeah. lying a lot. The only time that she was having active attention to um, giving her CPR was when the emergency services came in. And when they were still doing it as they were rolling her out. Yeah. So the CPR people did it. The, uh, the, what do we call them? The emergency EMTs. services. E yeah. Emergency service techs. EMTs. Yeah. They're the ones that did the, they did a lot of it on the floor right there. And then they did it. They continued to do it while they wheeled her out. Another well, Facebook user posted hashtag justice for Lorna. I think that's a good hashtag. A lot of hashtags have been coming in tonight. Another one was uh, another hashtag that came in was hashtag F you true leaf. Yeah. And the thing of it is, is that the, the, the CCC and asks true leaf to come up with a, with a clean or a healthy air quality, um, you know, study, how can we do this better? Is like asking, you know, a thief to drive your precious jewels somewhere. Right. You know, and they knew they couldn't do that. They couldn't. How can you have an uh, air quality, uh, you know, develop an air quality protocol for a business when you're guilty of shitty air? Yeah. And you're, you're <laughs> fraudulent and everything. You're going to do a good everything. job on that. Yeah. So and you're fraudulent you're on everything that you do. And now we're going to trust your air quality. Please, please. Facebook user, right? I'm uh, so down with all this lying corruption from people who have no problem preying on the public or their workers. Me too. I'm really tired of it. And this is a good comment too, because again, I've, I've worked union jobs. I've worked restaurants. I've worked so many jobs in the past, especially through college and high school and all of that as a young person. And it's common, very common in most places that they train you in CPR that they offer free CPR all the time. And the fact that, especially in an industrial, you know, a manufacturing plant, like that should be like that. It, it shouldn't even be a question. Matthew writes, yes, having worked in gyms and health clubs, there was always trained people on site. I was one of them. Any workplace with physical labor like manufacturing should have someone trained in CPR and first aid. 100% agree. Absolutely. And I know that some people don't like unions. They say, oh, why do you need a union? This is why you need a union in cannabis. Because we have companies that are so corrupt and regulators that are so lazy that they're not even doing CPR for their workers. And they don't give a shit. And they let people die. And someone has died. And they still haven't done anything. Like True Leaf did. True Leaf actually, the one good thing they did is they sent all these people to CPR training after Lorna died. Geez, I wish they had done that beforehand. But even the Cannabis Control Commission and OSHA, 
They've said nothing to all of the other corporations in Massachusetts and across the country doing cannabis that are chronically understaffed, underfunded to their workers, that have a lot of security and safety issues. They've said nothing to them. There's been no Cannabis Control Commission edict or mandate that come down that said, you know what, you have to have all your workers trained in CPR or at least one person on every shift. There's none of that. There's nothing been done. At one That's time. how corrupt we are. That's how sick we are in this industry, that we allow this to go on. At one time, there were like 200 or more people in that building. 200 or more people in that building. There's no AEDs anywhere. How can you have that many people in a building so large? That building was huge. And you don't have a station on each floor that has somebody stationed there to to be of assistance in the in the event of an emergency, in the event of a situation that requires emergency services. You know how many people worked up on those floors in the cultivation? Rows of people, you know, defoliating leaves off of plants, all sorts of stuff happening. You know, the, the pest control where they would come in and they'd spray them all down and then they'd lock down the corridor. Like, it's just ridiculous. And like I said, with the security in the parking lot, they cut the security in the parking lot. So they had no idea where they're going. And if anybody knows that building, it's a maze back there, especially when it's packed with cars. There was no parking there. You know, how I can't, how many, how many parking spots that you have to how many people that you have in that building? You know, it's crazy. We were always jockeying for parking spots and you know, in the emergency, the ambulance had to get around all the people, get around all the cars, find the entrance. And then, you know, it was just, it was a recipe for disaster. They set it up to be a recipe for disaster. And then after everybody, after they, they made everybody go and get CPR training, they made a bunch of managers go and get the 40-hour OSHA certification. After. After. Yeah. So they, nobody. You know, but the CCC hasn't told all the other companies that we know the same shit is going on. They haven't told them to do CPR to get the certification. This is this is bankruptcy. I, I, more comments are coming in. OSHA. People are mad, and I'm glad that they're mad because I'm mad. I know you're mad, Deanna. Oh, yeah. I know the family's mad. Uh, another comment for a Facebook user said OSHA and Leaf is a disgrace. They should be ashamed of themselves. Another comment uh, from Facebook. Thank you for speaking up about this from her family. Family's watching. They're not happy. Um, here's another comment I want to read. This all is new and the dispensaries need to be educated as well as our community. When there's a failure to put something in place where there's an incident, it's called P&Ps. Uh, all other industries do the same. It's disgusting to think that the employers don't care for the employees who are making them money and needs to be changed. And, we'll, you know, and that's the thing too, like, when I started to read this comment, it's like, this is all new. Well, you know what? CPR is not new. Having CPR in a manufacturing plant is not new. It's exactly. a standard. This is, this is what you do. And this is the problem with this industry is that you have a bunch of folks that are either incompetent or actually just, like you said, don't give a shit if their employees die on the job. That, it's, that's all it comes down to. Yeah. All they care about is their money and their PR and their image and the stock price. They don't care about the workers. 
Yep. And if they cared about the workers, they would have done a lot more for Lorna before she died. They would have done a lot more for the workers after Lorna died. They would have done something for the family. They don't care. Kim Rivers does not give a shit. All she cares about is that she gets her $8 million this year, next year, and the year after. It's all that they care about. And the other thing about, uh, so nothing changed. After Lorna, nothing changed. And they they didn't put any parent, you know, any CPR or anything in, in place. They, they, like I said, they did this mad, mad dash to get everybody CPR certified, but it, it's ineffective if you don't have, if you don't train people in the, in that particular environment of what they need to do. You need to have a designated person who's there when staff are there. So if you do two shifts, you need to have one person for the day shift and one person for the night shift that is responsible, that has the education on how to do it how to make sure that the person is taken care of whatever positioning they have to do to keep them safe, like their head, their neck, they collapse, all that stuff that needs to be somebody specifically. And that wasn't, that wasn't, and I don't know how you can have that many people in a building and not have that in place. That's a, that's a common safety standard. It should be criminal. Like I, not- I feel like Kim Rivers should be arrested. Like whoever is running that place. I feel like they should be, I mean, I know there's going to be civil liability. I know there's going to be a big payout, but I feel like this is criminal. Like this, we need to get the AG involved, the DA. Like this is, this is, how do you do that? How do you send 200 people in and don't do CPR training? Uh, someone legally nifty on YouTube. I'm glad we got some YouTube comments. A lot of Facebook comments coming in tonight. I haven't seen any LinkedIn. I hope we're on LinkedIn tonight, but uh, YouTube comment came in. Self-policing has never worked for the benefit of the people truth like the the corporations especially a true leaf type corporation and gti green thumb industries and verano they're not going to self-police the only thing that they care about is the dollar so the only way to self-police them is to take money away and to unionize i'm, I'm convinced of it and to keep harassing and and going after these regulators who do nothing and like, i think they need to lose their jobs like that's the thing we need to make an example of sean collins there needs yeah. to be an example set and other states need to start doing this too. It's like, if you're not protecting workers, you need to lose your job. Brenda Quinton, uh, Quintana wrote, unions ensure that workers don't have to wait for government agencies, agencies to hold their employees, employers, excuse me, accountable. I should read that again, but it, it, you get the point. That's why un- unions are there. Uh, Brenda also writes basic first aid emergency response training should be a requirement for all cannabis facilities. 100% agree. Like this is such an easy thing for the, this is what I'm talking about. The cannabis control commission. We're going to come up on January. It's going to be two years since Lana died. Not only have we not had any news on the investigation on what they found, there's been no action. They've done nothing. Zero. The only thing that ever happened was uh, was Shannon O'Brien brought it up at a meeting and asked Sean Collins to talk for a few minutes. And he got, you could tell he was upset that she actually asked him to do his friggin' job for a minute. Like they're He's- not, they've, they haven't required first aid emergency response at these large facilities that grow. They've done none of that. Nothing. Nothing. No, no, there's been no air quality. There's been no, no testing with regard to even the nutrients like 
the new you working with the nutrients those are different things that you know when you clean the environment when you clean the tables you're using bleach you're using you're using uh you know toxic chemicals you know fumes that can be toxic all of these types of things there was no sops put in place no nothing that is a hard designated person they wanted that ambiguity they they wanted people to not have that responsibility because the more people that know things the more people that can talk and they don't want that that was the environment that they had there was that you don't talk about it you don't talk to anybody you uh, people would walk and they pray that was the other thing i wanted to say that they pray on the people that they know need a job that they know are are struggling or or you know they 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 make sure that they keep them you know uninformed uh, under their thumb like yeah. a, i'm glad you said the word pray and we don't mean like pray like pray to god we're talking pray like predator like they yeah. they are predators that's what they yeah. did they took advantage of people this is what they do they made you feel afraid to lose your job you got more comments coming in uh on facebook uh person wrote as a medical profession myself i don't understand how uh, policy and procedures weren't put in place health related issues injuries have a protocol to follow and report the injury as well as the hazards to the state nursing homes have to do it as a director of mc we need i think mass can we need to bring forward some advocating on legislating for this uh, for cannabis workers i agree Accountability of these dispensaries is a must. Absolutely agree on all that. Uh, Legally Nifty says, exactly, Brenda. This isn't rocket science. We're not reinventing the wheel. Basic health and safety reg requirements will have a uh, astronomically far reach with overall quality, employee retention, etc. Yeah, exactly. This is uh, not rocket science. It's actually just giving a shit about human beings. I mean, it's... You know, I used to work at a union shop and I was close to like a lot of the management there. Like I was probably closer to the managers than like the union like steward. And like the managers were hard asses, but like everything stopped at this plant if there was a safety issue. Yep. Like managers safety first. Like that was we used to joke about it. Like everyone safety was first. Like that was it. It didn't matter. There was no if ands or buts about it. Everything would stop, and that's why, and, like, like the managers took that so seriously because everything would literally stop. Like, we would not work if there was a safety issue, and the managers understood that and agreed on it. And that it's like basic principles. And CPR training was like just happened all the time. I mean, I don't think I I actually took the training there, but I remember they offered it all the time. And I had taken, you know, I think probably why I didn't take this because I had taken CPR before at the Y. Like, you know, I felt like I knew this stuff and I had done it at, like some restaurant jobs and things like that. So, but I just know that there was always somebody there that, like you said, a safety coordinator. If there was any issue on a shift, we knew who to go to and we didn't even have to go to them. That's my point. Like I would go to the manager because the manager knew, well, let me call the safety coordinator. He had and the microphone. The he, he would take care of it immediately. That's the other thing. We they had health and safety 
guys on there. And not for nothing, the one guy that they promoted the they promoted the the manage EHS manager. They promoted him way past um like his basic role, which was to keep the people safe. He couldn't, he had so much, he was elevated so far beyond uh, health and safety. So the guy that stepped up behind him, who was underneath him, and listen, he's a, he's a sweet guy, but he wasn't EHS. There was no, he had no qualifications to be EHS whatsoever. And then on top of that, he was the one EHS guy for a building that had four floors. I don't know the square footage of the of the building, but I it's it's huge, and he'd be at his desk playing on his computer, or you know, if you're if you are a person who is meant to keep people safe, you need to be with those people. You need to be walking around all the time. You need to be seeing issues, water on the floor, or you know, exactly. sharp uh, sharp. Uh, scissors that they would use for cultivation for cutting the leaves. Where are those? Is Are any of those are on the floor or are they on a chair that somebody might sit on? Like none of that happened. None of that happened. They had two people for EHS in a building that had 250 people at one point. It's outrageous. And that person didn't get trained. I know it because I talked to him a number of times. I talked to him about issues because when I worked in my job, the drivers would pick up these heavy boxes off of the dock and, and have to carry them and turn the, turn around and bring them to the van and put them in the van. And I said, we need some sort of conveyor system, you know, that you can just roll these down so they're not doing this. There was no, no SOPs for our drivers. It was literally, oh, you've got a good license. Okay, get in the van and drive this illegal product across the state. There was no training. There was no nothing. There was no training about, hey, if you get pulled over, this is what the protocol. This is yeah. what you do. And you, there was no phone numbers. It wasn't like you give them a card that says, I work for True Leave and these are the people you need to speak to. And I'm not saying anything. Yeah, There was nothing. Nothing. It's It's so crazy. And so I, I'm going back to my days working at uh, the beer distributor. You know, I can remember when the guy cleaning the floors didn't put down the yellow signs and someone slid in the fork truck and got hurt. That guy was out of a job. Like, it was like, you know what? You, we told you before, you got to put the safety cones down. You didn't. Now someone got hurt. You're out of a job. Like, that's how, like, they took safety very seriously. And that's the way that you keep people from getting hurt. Like, you have to take it seriously. These places don't. It's so obvious. I want to ask you a couple more questions because we're we're we've been going for like uh, an hour and twenty minutes. You're awesome, Deanna. Um, th- let me ask you. You worked at Truly for these two years. You went through this whole process, and I just can't imagine working there when all this happened. Um, did they ever say anything about the young jerks? Did they ever say anything about the unions or even Danny? You know, doing some of the things that he did outside of the facility did you ever hear anything from management about any of that like don't talk to the media yeah yeah we heard that we they said you don't talk to anybody if you're asked any questions you send the questions to the 
appropriate person within True Leave to answer that, you know, to answer those questions. You couldn't talk to anybody. And they told you that the policy with True Leave is that, you know, we don't blah, blah, blah. We don't do media. We don't do any posting about anything. Everything's cleared by legal. That was always, and there was nothing that was ever talked about after Lorna passed away, nothing. And it was almost like it was, you know, work as usual, like nothing happened, nothing to see here. Keep doing your job. And people would literally like, you could see them walking in the hallways and they'd be like, you know, they didn't want to, they didn't want to look at anybody. You know, they didn't want to get in trouble. They felt like everybody felt like they were protecting their jobs at all times. And now, when we, when we were um, started reporting on this and having the family on, like Laura called in tonight, did you hear any scuttlebutt at work then? Where is anyone watching it? Where the employee, do you think the employees were watching this or not, or just tuning it out completely? Cause they were so scared. Yeah, I think that they, I think a lot of them were tuning it out. I think a lot of them were afraid to lose their job, and that, but they wanted to say something. Um, there were people that cared about it. And I'm surprised. I'm surprised, especially now that, that True Leave is no longer in Massachusetts. I'm surprised more people haven't said anything because there were people that were pissed off. There were people that felt like, you know, that, that people who were failed at true leave, you know, management failed the people at true leave. Um, and, you know, and they made their circle tighter. Like, at, like after that whole situation with true leave, they, as they started making these cuts and as they started experiencing the minimal amount of backlash that they have experienced for, from this situation, they started tightening the circle. So people that were shift leads or, you know, department leads or whatever had their title taken away. And there was only one person that was, um, that was a manager for that department. And that was the voice that was the mouth for that department and nobody else because they wanted the managers that they could trust that they knew that they could bring into that circle. It's like, you know, the circle of trust, <laughs> You know, they trusted these managers to not say anything, to, to you know, to keep the kibosh on anybody discussing anything. What do you think about the True Leaf brand? They talk about, Kim Rivers talks about brand loyalty and the True Leaf brand. What do you think about the brand of True Leaf at this point? I think it's, I think it's garbage. I think they came into Massachusetts with a five-year plan and they wanted to make a ton of money and then they wanted to sell it off. And that's what I believe 100%. And on top of that, I'll give you a little more information too about the whole, um, the whole uh, framework of, of the facility. The facility didn't belong to True Leave. It belongs to a real estate company yeah. that True Leave works with. Innovation, uh, IIPR or something like I, that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I own the stock, but I sold yeah. it. <laughs> and they own it. A loss. I, I, if anyone owns that stock, IIPR, get rid of it. I'm just yeah. going to tell you right now, because that, that could go to zero too. Go ahead. And what happened was, and, and people don't realize this is that, so these people come in, IIRPPR, whatever it was, um, comes in, buys the building, true leave, leases the building from them. And, and I got a couple more things too, I want to tell you about how true leave works. So her husband, even though he was in trouble, in federal jail, his, 
his contracting company, his construction company were, was the one that came in and built the building, did this stuff in the building. So he's still getting money. So she's still self-dealing with him doing the exactly. construction of her property. And, and her other facilities that she built, you know, the, the, the dispensary. I, I can't believe that she really thinks, and this is so funny. The investors are so dumb too. Like you really think that a construction company from Florida is going to be cheaper in Massachusetts. Like do the best work. Like it's so weird. That is so weird that they. Yeah. They well, it was that. her husband's company. Self-dealing. So they're, they're marking up all of the, all of the construction materials and everything for later on when they sell it, that feeds into their worth. But this is even better. Managers used a credit card in their own name and TrueLeave would pay them to pay off that credit card. And you know why? Because they didn't want the debt associated with them. If the debt is carried by the manager, then TrueLeave looks more profitable. So the debt is carried by the manager in a credit card and they would just reimburse you. That's shady. Yeah. That's bizarro. That's some, you know, it's so funny that you mentioned that too, because, uh, you know, other breaking news about True Leaf, the last couple of weeks, a CFO basically took the job. They announced it. And by the time, like, I don't know, a day or two had gone by, the guy had already quit. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm out. Yeah. And the, the last CFO left like abruptly. And it seems like he took a, a job for a, a much lesser company. So there seems like there's something going on with the books. Um, I think the SEC should be investigating True Leaf right now on multiple fronts. I hope they are. But uh, that that sounds pretty shady. That sounds really shady, actually. Yeah. So while her husband is sitting in jail, his company's still coming to Massachusetts and building out these True Leaf. So they're like almost double dipping because they're making money on building out the building. And yet they're also making money on on the process, the product that's coming out of the building. It was crazy. And why do you think crazy. they left so quickly? You said you thought they had a five-year plan. They didn't make it the five years. Why do you no. think they, they left so quickly and abruptly from Massachusetts? I think that they had they had way too much, way too many shady dealings. I think that they started to see the 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 heat coming down the road. Um, minimal as it is, I think they started to see the heat coming down the road. And it's much easier to be away from the situation and not you know, the accountability. I mean, we're just Massachusetts. Truly is massive in Florida. So the conversations don't really mix. It'd be one thing if truly was, was, you know, huge, like they are in Florida in, in say Connecticut. Yeah. You know, but the, cause so the conversations can, can happen, but with the distance between Massachusetts and Florida, nobody in Florida cares about what happens here. You know, none of that information gets out, but that's the problem. If nobody is hearing it, then they're still skating by and not being held accountable for the shady, shady stuff and, and the stuff that they didn't do. You know, they had a site. You know, it's fine. I want to interrupt you right there. Cause, cause I think it's like, uh, I'm glad you brought that up about the Florida thing. Cause I feel like uh, the regulators, the politicians, the media, 100% agree. And even the average consumer in Florida, 100% agree. Uh, the one, the only ones that really gave a shit about what happened in Massachusetts were, was guess who? The workers. Like, I think that, you know, our show has spread to Florida because of the can't, because of the true leaf workers. Like, the true right. leaf workers did more 
in Florida, the Florida True Leaf workers did more for Lorna McMurray and did more for themselves and the industry than True Leaf, the regulators, and the press. Like they're Absolutely. the ones who actually spread the information to Florida. So I, I think that's you made a very interesting point. I, I agree 100%, except for folks like you, the workers, like folks like Danny. And I know that a bunch of workers like Alex and I could, you know, go on and on because a bunch of them have come on the show, but they've spread the word. So thank God I got, I, you know, I, I think what, you know, Brenda made some comments tonight. Brenda always says like workers protect workers. And that's what you hear in the union movement a lot. I think that 100% on this, the workers are the ones who have stepped to the front. Thank God. So you, I, I commend you, Deanna and all the workers in Florida and Massachusetts and everywhere else, Pennsylvania, I'm hearing from like, you know, West Virginia, Connecticut. We hear from workers like the workers are the ones who are breaking these stories. The workers are the ones and their family members are the ones who are making a difference. So I commend you. Keep it up like you're the only ones doing it. And if you don't do it, no one else will. So and I got one quick thing I wanted to say. So my position had me later on. My position had me in the offices and they had a, a site director a site supervisor. And that site supervisor never, ever left his desk. Not once. He never walked that building. And as a site supervisor, what are you supervising if you're not leaving your chair? Oh, it's unbelievable. Like, and I again, can tell you, I, yeah. I watched it. I yeah. watched it happen. And then just this last month in June, when it, when we knew everybody was done, that same site supervisor was watching movies in his office, oh watching God. movies on YouTube in his office. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Because I mean, I, I've, worked guy, these plant, I've worked at, like I said, beer distributing plant. We'd always have those managers walking the floor. Always like that. That would be like once every hour. It's amazing to have them see them for like a half a day. You'd be like, what the hell's going on? Like, yeah. Where are they? <laughs> like, I, I can't even believe that. That's just so weird. Just this, this is a, you know, it's funny again, I'm, I'm speaking to the MSO bros. This is how poorly run your company is that you've invested in. Like they don't just do, they don't even do the basics of business. Like walking the floor, a, a supervisor should be walking the floor. I mean, that is just basic, Absolutely. you know, a restaurant. The title site like supervisor. A, a, we used to have front end supervisors and back end supervisors and, Every restaurant, like the smallest restaurant will have, imagine a, like a, a front end supervisor at a restaurant that's like sitting in, the, in, a, in a cubicle in the back on a watching YouTube. Like that does not happen. Like it doesn't happen in business, but this is what's going on at Big Cannabis. This is the well-run company that Kim Rivers is, is executing. <laughs> oh, it's, just, it's just such a joke. It's, this is like the worst business ever. Yeah, it's it was a joke working there, and so many people feel the same way. So I guess well, what would the final words be tonight for the audience? You you've really laid out a lot of information that no one, a lot of people have not heard before, and uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on here. What would your final thoughts be for the audience that's still listening tonight? A lot of people still sticking around. I can see it. My final thoughts are. Um, we are the ones that are going to push reform in the industry. If you want to stay in the cannabis industry, you need to be a game changer. You need to be the ones. You need to look out for your coworkers and you need to watch your supervisors. Make sure 
that they are present. Make sure that they are listening. Make sure that they are hearing you. And make sure that you're watching out for yourself. If you don't feel safe or you feel like you're not being listened to, then you need to move it forward to somebody higher. Whatever you need to do, anonymous calls, whatever you need to do to make sure that you and your fellow worker are safe. Drop and, a dime and, to us. Like yeah. we're always, we, we get anonymous com, you know, tips all the time. And I would say, you know, contact your AG, your attorney general and OSHA. I know we've said OSHA is useless, but it creates a record. So it people, it, you got to file the complaints. If, if you have an OSHA complaint, file it, file yeah, it. You, you got file a paper it anonymously, trail. They'll never find out you filed it. Exactly. If they retaliate against you, then you've got a good lawsuit too. So. And one final thought is that I want to say that Lorna was a great person. She was funny. She loved to laugh. She loved to joke. And, and it's, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. And the way that it wasn't, that it was just brushed under the rug and nobody talked about it. And, it, and they, they made you feel like that. You know, they made you feel like you couldn't, you couldn't talk about it because you, if you did, you had a bullet, you know, a, a target on your back, you know? And I just want to say she, she was a great kid. And I say kid cause I'm older, but she was, she was a great person, funny, sweet, caring. So you could see it too. Like when we should look at the pictures, like I, I, again, like obviously I'd never met Lona. But I feel like, you know, from her friends and family and the pictures, like, I feel like I kind of know her now, like in a bit. I always look at her photos and you could see she was 27 years old. Like, this is like a young person that would have had such a good future ahead of them just because of her, like her attitude, like you can tell. And it just, yeah. it's terrible. Yeah. She loved, she loved, she loved her job. She did. She loved what she did. She didn't love the politics, but she loved what she did and she, and she died for it. I want to thank you again so much for coming on tonight, Deanna, and sharing this. I know it's not fun and probably not the thing you wanted to spend your night doing, but I, I really appreciate you doing this. It's a, obviously a good cause. Um, thank you so much for doing this for the family, especially because I know that they really wanted to find out this information that you shared tonight and, good for them to get that kind of closure on it and um you know hopefully it goes somewhere you know especially with a lawsuit so you know it sounds like you may be i i have a feeling you're going to be a witness <laughs> to a major lawsuit on this which is a good thing we'll, we'll, it needs to happen and yeah. i hope laura and i know that laura has a lot of resources in place to help her with this and i certainly am not 100 not afraid to talk to anybody about it um, but it really, it does need to happen, especially with these big MSOs. It needs to happen. They have no connection. They have no connection to us, to, to the community. Western Massachusetts, you know, we're all in Massachusetts. You know, there's so many people in Massachusetts that are about the plant. And there's so many MSOs that come in and make the plant about money. Exactly. And, and you, yeah. So anyway, I, I thank you for having me on so that I could you know, in some way memorialize her because I mean, I thought she was a great kid and I had a great time working with her Thank and they you. failed her. They failed her three times. It's horrible. I don't know how they sleep at night. Not the no, no amount of money, no amount of money 
could yeah. could make you know you feel good about this situation i i don't know how they sleep i really yeah. don't well thank you so much tonight deanna thank you for having me i'm glad that i was able to share what i know me too i think it helps with the family and the lawsuit and just education so and putting the fire on a truly truly needs to you know if you're a regulator investigator you should be all over this company, Even whether you're a media person, whether you're uh, a regulator, you're a state rep. If if they're in your district, you've got to look into this company and find yeah. out what's going on. Because they got to know that somebody's watching them at all times. They've yeah. got to have that. Their money can't protect them. We have to make sure that their money can't protect them. I want Kim Rivers not to feel comfortable either. Like wherever she goes, she should be like run out of town. Like people yeah. need to like really socially ostracize her in every possible way. And it's so funny too, on social media, like on a few things I've tried to comment and there is no comment. The comments are disabled. I'm like, Oh yeah. You afraid of much? <laughs> yeah. She, she definitely hides. She blocked us. Yeah. Could tell I got to her call in Kim hashtag call in Kim. Uh, thank you so much again, Deanna for coming, calling in tonight. Absolutely. I want to thank everyone for listening. We're the young jerks. Uh, I do want to just throw up a couple other things tonight. You know, it's related. Uh, if I can get it up, we've had some issues. Yeah, we're going to get that up. I want to bring up this story. Mass Cannabis Commission in Crisis. Executive Director Leaving Chair says. This is the one I talked about, the chaos. This is from Colin A. Young, State House News Service. He says the chairman of the Cannabis Control Commission took commissioners by surprise Friday when she announced in the middle of a regulatory discussion that executive director Sean Collins is planning to leave the agency. He has run since the inception and described the CCC as being in crisis. So uh, O'Brien made this an issue at the end of a, uh, you know, a CCC hearing this Friday, I believe it was. There was something said on Thursday too. But what got me was, you know, was some of the comments that uh, came back to from some of the other commissioners. I just thought it was a little, yeah, here's one. It was a little bit out of the blue. I wasn't sure. I said, I would ask that you wait. We're in the process of hiring a new people officer. We're hiring a new general counsel. We are depleted in terms of some of our top management and staff to help us not only get through the regulatory writing, but to exercise the important responsibilities that we have. That was what O'Brien said. So O'Brien, you know, was I think she was actually, you know, again, it's it's obvious. I'm pro Shannon O'Brien on this. I'm pro Shannon O'Brien on a lot of things right now. So I think what she did, I think it took balls, and I'm glad that she did it. Um, I'm going to read some more comments from this. She said, uh, O'Brien said she spoke with Collins about his departure again Thursday and that he further indicated to me that he planned on taking his family leave beginning on Monday. So that prompted the chairwoman to consult labor attorneys. And O'Brien said the expectation is the employees give their employee 30 days notice before starting family leave in most situations. She, come, uh, she comes back. We are in crisis right now as a commission. We need to make sure that we know how to manage through this regulatory process. So not only is Sean Collins, is, you know, all the scandals we talked about that he's ignoring, there's testing scandals. There's an MCR lab scandal. There's the Lorna McMurray thing. There's virtual investigations that they did. There's so many scandals that we can't keep track of. That's like just a few 
There's many scandals here. They're also going through a regulatory review process, which they really need the executive director who's been there for the whole five years. Like these commissioners are almost all new. What kind of got me is that some of these other commissioners, this is uh here we go. Other commissioners appeared to be caught off guard. Commissioner Narice Camargo said everyone's in shock that O'Brien brought the topic up for discussion in public the way she did. And Commissioner Bruce Stebbins said he was still trying to figure out a way to fit this into our consideration of the agenda and the work we have to get done. Wow, really uh, going out on a limb there, Bruce. But, you know, who who didn't, you know, who did kind of go out on a limb, I thought, was Norris Camargo saying everyone's in shock that O'Brien brought the topic up for discussion in public the way she did. Really? You're really shocked that she brought that up with all the bullshit going on, the lack of action. You know what I'm in shock? Camargo is that you would uh, go after O'Brien on this and not the executive director. Cause I think that, you know, what's been going on. I know that, you know, commissioner Ava Con calendar conception said she would prefer that we put a pin in this. Honestly, you know what? I would prefer you put a pin in it. Finally, someone says something friggin' honest, something real. And you want them to shut up about it. You want the dysfunction to go on. You want the cover-up of Lorna McMurray to be okay. Two years we're waiting. It's going to be two years now since she collapsed the first time. This fall is going to be two years. And you want her to put a pin in it. That your executive director doesn't give a shit about his job. Can't even bother to actually tell you guys what's going on. And these are the same commissioners who were upset that O'Brien was even placed as a chair of the commission and then decided to play politics with their job. I'm calling it out now. I'm not going to do what Commissioner O'Brien wanted me to do, which is not attack you folks. I'm done playing nice. You you want to set up a phone call with me? You can, Ava. I'm, I'm here. You want to call me? Go ahead. But I've been sitting here waiting for a couple of years now, and I haven't had that call from you. And I don't think you're going to like what I have to say when you talk to me. There we go. Conception also made it clear that she did not agree with O'Brien's assessment that the CCC is in crisis. You know, Ava, when we put out uh, just that straight up criminal fraud that True Leaf and a testing company did in black and white, and none of you get back to us, nobody called us. That's a crisis. You have a you have a CCC that doesn't care that crimes are happening on the daily basis, being reported, and then you ignore that. If it's in the Boston Globe, you might actually do something. We got to wait till the Boston Globe actually gets off their ass and picks up and reviews our latest like five shows. That's that's what it takes for you guys to actually do something, and then you still don't do something. Do something for you is to put out some press to try to shut it up and not actually do something. There is a crisis. Your commission is a joke. Everyone knows it. Too little, too late is the common phrase that everyone uses about all your, you know, what you're going to fix. Here she goes. No, I would never say that we're in crisis. I think it's a bit inflammatory, but you would have to speak to the chair in order to understand why, where that's coming from. You know what? You are in crisis. I think what you said is a bunch of bullshit, Ava. 
she was speaking from an individual capacity, so I don't share that same perspective, and that did not come from me or any other commissioner for that matter. But while she was speaking, she was speaking in her own capacity. This is what Ava Conception said. Pretty catty. Pretty catty to O'Brien. The only one to actually give a shit about Lorna McMurray. The only one that seems to give a shit about all the testing fraud that's going on. You know, I think, you know what I think was a bit inflammatory? That you folks made an issue out of the commissioner, O'Brien, stepping down from a company. And because the company, after she left the company, didn't file the right paperwork with you, you tried to make it a scandal about O'Brien, which is fraudulent. If somebody leaves a company and the company doesn't uh, file the right paperwork after you left the company, it has nothing to do with you. You tried to make a scandal out of Mohill because you didn't like that she got put on the commission as the chairperson over Camargo. That's what happened. You guys play politics. You ladies play politics all the time with your commission seats. And it's been noticed. And this is not a uh, PR campaign to see how good you look. I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm done with that. So that's the story of the week. They're now going to attack O'Brien because she's actually wants Sean Collins to actually do his job or leave his job. And you know what? There's a lot more I know about this. There's a lot more I know about this that I'm not saying. I'm going to say it's O'Brien. I think I feel like at this point it's O'Brien or Collins that's going to leave. And if O'Brien leaves, this shit's over. This this shit's going to sink. You watch. There's so many scandals that you don't even know about that we know. We know. This whole Cannabis Control Commission, the whole industry could go under. And I really mean that. And not, I'm not even talking about the financial issues. I'm talking about a lot of other things that we know about. Because you have a lack of leadership. It starts with Sean Collins. There's other folks, too, that lack leadership. On the commission, commissioners, executives, different people that hold, run different departments, there is a problem. And O'Brien's been shielding you. O'Brien's been shielding you from us, from our, you know, anger. I'll tell you that much. And it's not going to work anymore. It's not going to work. We're the Young Jerks. My name is Mike Crawford. If you want to support this broadcast, you can definitely do so. Subscribe. Please like us, follow us, share it with your friends. Midnightmass.substack.com is one way you can do it. You can also kick in if you want to send us some financial support through uh, Venmo. You can also do it through our Patreon. We've got a few different ways. You also have uh, our podcast. You can kick in money monthly. Our Venmo is at Mike Crawford, TYJ, like the Young Jerks, uh, at Mike Crawford, TYJ. We're out of here. I'm not sure when we're going to do our next show, but uh, you know there's going to be more, more coming. This industry is a shit show. That's where I'm going to leave it tonight. The industry is a shit show. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to go to a Stoop Dog party? Are you going to actually do something about it? We shall see. We'll see, see how many people are actually advocates and activists around here. But I think most of them are either duped or they just don't care at this point. Well, when you lose your industry, you might start caring because I'm telling you, that's you've got so much on the line you don't even realize.
Mike Crawford, Young Jerks, we will 